What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mitch Grace Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, joining us again. For those of you that subscribe, we appreciate it. Hey, if you subscribe to the Mitch Grace Show, make sure you go um, give us a review. Whatever platform you listen to it on, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, uh, Spotify, wherever. Hey, give us a review on the show. Make sure you let us know what you think about it. That helps us um, gain more and uh, a bigger audience. And you know our goal is to inspire as many as we can. Um, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, you can tell that I have someone sitting next to me. Uh, that's my dear friend, Andy Mazzolini. We'll get to him in just one second. Make sure you follow us on social media, M Gray Media. That is on Facebook Instagram and Twitter and let us know what you think about everything. I have had so many people reach out to me about the show in the last couple of weeks. It's been crazy. Our audience is growing and people are excited. And I've had so many people reach out to me about how do I start a podcast? And my answer is I have no idea. You just start. If you have an iPhone or a smartphone, you just start. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get your message out there. So Thank you for reaching out to us. Please do so more often. Slide into our DMs. We certainly don't mind. If we don't like what you say, we'll just give you a thumbs up and ignore you. So um, that's how we roll. Okay. Um, I have a special guest. And again, if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, you can see that he is sitting next to me. Good looking guy. Got the great uh, moose horn head or something or another right, behind dude. him. Yeah. <laughs> my dear friend, Andy Mazzolini. Andy, what is up, my brother? How are you? Dude, just rock and rolling, man. How you been? I'm good, bro. I am good. I appreciate you being on the show. I know we planned this for about a month, and you woke up this morning uh, fighting human nature. And <laughs> That's right. Oftentimes, the human body fails us, but man, you are toughing it out. Um, and so thank you for toughing it out and still being yeah, with us. Got to rock it out, man. Uh, I had a client tell me... Uh, at matter of fact, I got sick a few months ago and uh, my client retired uh, vet and he served uh, two wars on the on the naval ship. And uh, he told me when I, I said, hey, I'm sick today, but I'll get I'll get uh, all that info over tomorrow. He said, hey, it doesn't matter if you're sick or not. This boat still needs to launch. We got to go. <laughs> it's, and, the, it's something and, like a war veteran and, uh, using war veteran language, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like. And I'm just like, I'm literally like hugging a toilet right now. Like I'm like, I'm, I can't like I, I mentally and physically cannot like go and do these things that need to happen. Yeah. Um, and then that's really when I've uh, learned the value of leverage. And, um, and I was actually interviewing, uh, some admins and stuff like that, you yeah. know, down the road, but yeah. I was just like, I'll never forget that. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, that's a good motto, you know, especially is, in this industry. That is a good <laughs> motto, and we'll get to the industry that, that Andy is in here in a minute. But I will say, if you are sick, brothers and sisters, and have the flu or something contagious, don't take that advice. We do not stay want home. to stay home. I used to tell people <laughs> that when I had employees. They would come in and be like, I'm sick, but I can fight through it. I'm like, bull, you can go home because I don't want to be sick. <laughs> so. That's what I tell my people, too. <laughs> luckily, I, you know, luckily, it's not the – a flu or anything like that. Yeah. I, I don't know what was going on. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it, brother. I'm, I'm here. Glad you made it. Yeah, that's right. Dude. Um, so just so everyone knows, um, first of all, tell us what industry you're. I know you have your hands. You're like me, man. You got your hands in a whole lot of things. Uh, but first of all, tell us kind of what your uh, main focus and and your industry, what industry you're in for the most part. So I'm actually uh, an agent over here in Lubbock, Texas, uh, with Keller Williams and. Uh, it's it's a pretty fascinating industry. Um, one reason is because you you can create your own business within the company. Um, so you know we go out and we're we're basically taught. Our, one of the biggest mottos is um, they say teach a man to fish, don't bring him a fish. You know, um, and so what they do is they say if you want to if you want to run your own business, real estate's one of the greatest uh, places to do that. Yeah. And uh, how all these brokerages uh, have transitioned over the years just because of how the technology is, um, you know, they, they realized, hey, the brokerage isn't the reason why people are buying houses right. from Andy Mazzolini. It's actually Andy Mazzolini is the reason why people are, are using him for his services. Um, and Keller Williams was really the pioneer of that nice. uh, in, in the late 80s. And um, and so I, I really love it. I have um, 
I got three virtual assistants um, uh, that work for me. And so they do some marketing, advertising, um, and then some just uh, managerial things. And then I have an admin and, um, and then I have a contract to close company that um, that does all my transactions once they go under contract. So right, right. leveraged. So how long have you been in the real estate industry? This is going on my fourth year. Wow. Yeah. It's, it, and, um, you know, it's been, it's been a crazy journey every, every, every once in a while. I'm like, gosh, I get, you know, everyone kind of gets burned out when they're just go, go, go. And I'm just like, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, man, I don't have a boss and my personality. <laughs> I, I, I learned real quickly that, um, I work well with others, but I do not work well with someone telling me what to do when I'm out performing them or they're lazy or whatever. Like I just, you know, it, 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 it's not good. And, um, and so the real estate world, I can't even believe I'm actually in this world, honestly, because my mom, um, you know, I grew up in Clovis, New Mexico and, um, my mom was actually in the real estate when my dad was in the air force. Okay. And, uh, and so I don't really remember when she, uh, was doing that. I want to say she worked for a company called like Martin Realty or Martin Real Estate. Okay. Um, and so, uh, kind of fast forward to that. Um, after I, after I uh, graduated with a degree in wind energy, I did not want to do anything in that, uh, industry, unfortunately. Like most people that graduate with degrees, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, statistically it's 50, 50 yeah. people who are like that. Yeah. Um, cause I looked up those stats, you yeah. know? Um, and so, uh, I got married right out of college, uh, to high school sweetheart, you know? And so we, we said, uh, Hey, we're both going to finish college before, um, we get married and stuff like that. Right. So we both graduated. Um, and then we moved out here to Lubbock and, um, she got a job at, uh, UMC for a nursing position okay. in the trauma ICU. And, um, man, she really, 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 uh, carried the torch in the, in the new yeah. Mazzolini, uh, household for a while. <laughs> and, right. and so, you know, and, and I was kind of milking the system. I was like, all right, man, we got all our bills covered. <laughs> She's got her rent covered. Like, you know what? Like, right. I'm a I'm going to take a few and uh, just kind of <laughs> look for your jobs. And yeah. man, I'm just not getting calls back, you know, type right, right. deal. But, uh, and I was fortunate that my dad runs and he owns a business in New Mexico, in Clovis as well. So on the weekends, I go down there and uh, at least feel somewhat uh, worthy. So you and weren't totally I'd freeloading. Work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'd work, I would work on the weekends on new right. installations for HVAC. And then I would come back to Lubbock on the weekdays and, and so, you know, it was good. And, um, and I'm kind of just going over my, my journey into the real sure. estate world. Yeah. And, um, and so really I, uh, I invested in Bitcoin. Um, and so what happened with the Bitcoin world, uh, one of my friends who I met here, he was actually with Edward Jones. He was a financial advisor. And I kept telling him, I said, man, this cryptocurrency stuff is crazy. Like, you know, does Edward Jones sell it? Like, you know, I, I would buy some from you because he would want me to try and buy stocks and stuff. And and um, I was like, no, I'm buying, you know, cryptocurrency. I buy like Dogecoin, Bitcoin, Litecoin, you know, you name it. I was buying, I was buying everything. Yeah. Uh, no one knew what, what the Bitcoin uh, eruption was really going to do because honestly, um, every one that I bought into, they all were basically that hyped. Right. Right. Um, and, um, and little be known. One reason why Bitcoin actually blew up, um, was because it was being traded on the silk road. And that is a okay. very, 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 very dark and bad place on the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, um, and so it was being traded, uh, through, uh, currency and, you know, crazy stuff like that online. And that's really wow. actually hmm. what, what blew up Bitcoin. A lot of people don't know that. Um, so you'll see some like people who like can't stand Bitcoin and they'll have um, some black ink dripping down it. And so they're it basically saying that it's toxic, yeah, you know, kind of symbolism. Yeah. Yeah. So and, um, how did your journey end with Bitcoin? Or are you still in it? Yeah. So, I mean, with, it went without getting too personal here, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it went good. Um, it went good. And, uh, you know, some friends, it was crazy. They, 
uh, I remember a guy who I worked with who at the time I was telling him about Bitcoin and he, and he, uh, calls me at like four in the morning on a Thursday and he says, do you see what Bitcoin's doing right now? And I was like, what? And, uh, and so I look and I was all, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And he goes, dude, Sell it. Bell you know? it now. Yeah. Bell out, bell so, out. <laughs> it, it, it was a crazy journey. You know, I did, I did, uh, sell out, you know, on some stuff like that. And so still kept a little bit, you know, put it in other, you know, when you're a cryptocurrency base, when you're like a day trader, essentially, yeah, yeah. When, when you're, when you're selling and, uh, buying, you're, you're really not taking that equity out of that. You're using it as a buying power right. for, Right. another stock yeah it's, um, it's very much know, leverage and, yeah. yeah yeah and so you know i lost a bunch and made a bunch so it it it, it is what it is on on the bitcoin and stuff like yeah. that but um you know so what happened though is edward jones uh reached out to me and and uh they said hey you know we we would like you to uh maybe possibly look into the financial advising and you know wow. stuff like that so so I went through the the course um, on that, and it was about two months of of uh, training and whatnot. Um, and uh, those tests were rigorous, man. It, yeah. it, it it it's crazy to get your stockbroker license and stuff like that. And I actually, uh, what was funny is I wanted to study more about real estate investment trusts. Mm. And so I went to Barnes and Noble, and um, I asked the lady. I said, "Hey, what's your number one real estate book for investors?" And um, and she said, well, we have this. And she gave me a red book and it's, uh, Gary Keller's real estate, uh, millionaire book. Yeah. And, um, and so I didn't even look at the back. I just grabbed it. It was the number one sale at the time. Um, so I started reading it and it was talking about lead generating, how to run a business, how to look at LP and L's. And I was just like, oh, what? I was like, this is agent book. Like agents can do this. Oh, wow. Like, you know, and, uh, cause I'm from Clovis and, and honestly, man, it, it's kind of the real estate world com- in, in Lubbock and Clovis is completely different. Yeah. And, it's ge- a, and geographically for people that don't know, it's about an 85 mile separation. That's it. So geographically they're very close, but very different worlds. Yeah. And, um, man, it, you know, the real estate world, it's kind of a dog eat dog world type yeah. of deal. It's the mentality I had on it and stuff. So. Long story short, I said, you know what? Like, this sounds really fun to me. I'm, I'm jumping, I'm jumping on this. So I went and took my tests and stuff like that. And, uh, and I, I, I left a, a company that I just was not happy at working at the time. Um, before I started doing the training and stuff, it was just a miserable, I was miserable. I mean, I didn't like the, I liked the boss personally. Um, I did not like the boss, like work wise, just cause like I was saying, like, I just, if I'm out working someone, I feel like I should be getting paid what they're getting paid, not right. just because of titles. Like titles kill me. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. It's this day, yeah. um, titles are just for you know someone to be able to blow themselves up and and say, hey, this is my title, and right. it's just like for what you know. And um, so I bounced out of there, got into the real estate world, man, and it 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 totally allowed me to be an investor, an entrepreneur, um, and a real estate agent. It it's funny. My dad told me, he said, man, there's two things that I hate in life, uh, car salesmen and real estate agents. And my son is one of them. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> and, thanks dad. Thanks dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks, dad. And, uh, so like, I just laughed at that because I mean, honestly, there, there is a lot, a lot of shady people in this industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Um, it, it's crazy about some of the things that I hear on the day to day basis that some agents have either done or said or stuff like that. And, um, you know, and I will say what's funny about that in the real estate world, um, that I've noticed it's the older generation or who are still trying to hard sell people, oh, you yes, know, like, yes. and so, so, so my deal is I'm going to be, I want this transaction to go through smoothly so me and you can be friends yes. at, at the back end. I don't yes. want this just, I don't want this just a job of me finding you a house, selling you on a house and a location, collecting my commission check right. and then just s- s- saying, see you later, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the mentality I went into it with. And, um, 
man, it's, it's been really, really cool. Some of the transactions that I've had, um, to be able to help people, not only, um, you know, getting their things sold or anything like that, but being able to connect people. Uh, matter of fact, I just had a closing last week and, um, she, she was getting, um, released from her job in, in about a month. And so she couldn't take, she couldn't take her mortgage, you know, in a month. So I said, Hey, you know, you might want to look at maybe losing your earnest money on this trans close, just kill the transaction and find a, a rental place until we can figure out how much your income is going to be. And then we can start it. Right. Uh, well, I got her with a vet clinic who's opening up here, oh, you know? Nice. Yeah. And, and so like, I connected them because I helped my clients yep. find land and they built a vet clinic and I helped a lady who's, uh, the company was closing down. They just got, they just got told, Hey, you know, we, we got 90 days essentially, right, right. um, go look for other work. Mm-hmm. So I was able to basically get these two people who have no idea, um, that they need each other and they're both perfect fits yes. for that type of job, got them connected. Yes. And so, you know, I helped, I helped out two people in the, in the transaction to, outside of the real estate transaction. And, um, and there are agents like that out here too. It, it's awesome. Uh, some of the, the agents that I'm able to work with and stuff like that, they, they're great people as well. Yeah. It's like, I, I always tell people you can either be transactionary. And so everything is based on a transaction or you can be yeah. a humanitarian. And what I mean by yeah. that is just flip and be human, man. Just, I call that compassionate selling. For it's sure. like, you know, and, and, and you and I have a common background and some, some sales with uh, another company and, and you always deal with those people, whether you're buying, you know, clothes or whether you're buying houses or whether you're selling cars or selling, you know, life insurance, you can yeah. either be transactionary, but I promise the transactionary person doesn't sleep well at night. And no. I also promise that over the next decade, they're eating bottles of Tums every day. <laughs> the human person is what you just described. So yeah. I just I just want to say as a as an entrepreneur and a business person, thank you because we need more people like that. That is beautiful yeah. to be a matchmaker and to be that aware. I think a lot of people just aren't aware. Like a lot of people don't think, "Oh wait, I know these other people who might could help this person out." Yeah. Yeah, um and you know what's cool is like my mentality is especially how my personality Mm-hmm. Um, is I ask myself, okay, how do I want to go about on tackling these transactions? Um, do, do I just want to try and, and just say, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to go for the quality transaction. I'm just going to go for the quantity and I'm just going to try and get as many people to buy homes as possible yeah. in my database. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I, you know, I can't do that. People right. burn out, um, doing that. And then, I mean, it, it it's 2019 now. You're going to get sniffed out. Yes, you know, yes, if you're trying, yes. if you're trying to hard close people, yes. um, because that, that, those tactics don't work. And, um, and so my deal is I said, okay, let's just come from value. If I got to show a client 15 homes, yes. um, until they find the one that they like, then it's going to take 15 homes. If they're going to see three homes and know which one they pick, then there's that. I'm not selling it. Um, you know, um, and, kind of to go even further on that is in the real estate world in Texas, I don't know how it is in New Mexico. Um, but we can, we can represent the seller and the buyer transaction. Right. 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 Uh, and it's called intermediary status. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and with that, to me, you just can't, to me, it's just crazy because here I am representing a seller. So if you come and you want to buy a house that I have listed, who sh- whose better intentions should I have that for? Should right. it go to the buyer or to the seller? So my deal is like, I do not like doing that. Um, I've, I've had where a buyer has come to me yeah. from my database and said, hey, I like this listing. Can I see it? And I showed it to them and they liked it and they said, I want to make an offer on it. And I tell them, I'm like, hey, here's the deal. I've already signed stuff with the seller. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to go ahead and get represented by another agent. Here's a list of three top 20% or three agents who are in the top 20% that I know that are going to take care of you. Right. And they'll kind of look at me and they'll be like, you don't, 
Like, no, it's not, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. I just feel like I can't put on my buyer's hat right. and then put on my seller's hat when I know too much information. You know, there's, there's too much information and I just feel uncomfortable with that because I don't want in two years you to feel like I burned you. Yeah, you know? but isn't that the honesty and vulnerability that and what's crazy is people look at you and go, you don't want to rep me like in a, in a, in a way you're being the most honest and vulnerable that you can, but it's almost like buyers have been conditioned to take that as almost an insult. You know what I mean? And so you have to recondition them to say, no, 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 this is the way I can take care of you to the best of my, I'm like looking out for you more doing this than I am doing the other. Yeah. But it's crazy yeah. that that buyers have been so conditioned that they can't even recognize that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, man, we get it all the time. Uh, when I have buyer consultations, it's really the older generation, honestly, Mitch, like who still have that like guard up of like, Oh, this, this agent's gonna, uh, just try and sell me on this house or whatever, right. you know, or blah, blah, blah. Um, our generation, um, and the, you know, the millennials and all that stuff, they're totally, they love transparency. Um, I show them, you know, what the private remarks are on from the other agents and stuff like that. And so it's the, the industry is, it can be full of bad apples, but me, you know, like everyone tries to change the world and stuff like that through the right training and education and the sales and stuff like that. So it's really cool, man. I I've met some of my best friends, uh, in this industry. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Good. Um, yeah. And for those that are listening or watching also, um, Andy and I go way back. So I actually performed, uh, your <laughs> wedding. <laughs> that's right. Dude. Yeah. You, it's like, I think I you played officiated it and, and you, yeah, you officiated yes. it and played like you played and then like you ran yeah, and then yeah, you yeah, got yeah. on the altar and then you, you, <laughs> you told us our blessings. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. That's one of those like d double, double, uh, you know, double occupancy weddings. It's almost like, yeah, we got one guy, we can hire him. What all can you do? Well, that's right. <laughs> well, I remember we, we went and uh, listened to a couple people for some live music and we were just like, yeah, that was good. Yeah. And we were just like, that was not good. You know, like we, we just like, and, and then, um, I was just like, well, you know, maybe we can ask Mitch to also play. And then we met you and the uh, two other people like yeah. at an office somewhere and you guys played a couple songs for us. Right. And, and, you know, obviously I'm going to be biased. I was like, <laughs> right. I was like, he's it. He's it. Right. You know what I mean? right. And then Helica was like, oh, that was good. And yeah. so. So yeah, dude, it all yeah. just came together like that. And that was that was a was really great. cool ceremony, man. That was that was you 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 both have beautiful families, and um, I've done a lot of weddings, and that's one that I remember not just because it was you and I, and I knew you already, but yeah. <laughs> and you remember when I mean we did the rehearsal and everything, and that day I was like, I was so nervous, and I'm not a nervous person at all. Like in front of people, you were like anything like that. Sweating bullets, nervous. And and you were like, okay. And you started saying the vows, and then you were like looked at me, and you're like, now you say it. And I'm like, what? What'd you say? Like I can't even pay attention. And then and like everyone started laughing. Yeah. And then like and then uh, I went, and I'll never forget this. I went. Um, you 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 gave us the a, a signal for something. I went to go taking Helica's hand from uh, Tommy, her dad. Mm -hmm. And he like blocked me and was like, not yet. And I was like, oh, and I like stepped back and I was like, okay, just like, just chilling. And everyone started laughing again. I was like, I'm totally screwing this yeah. up. Whatever. Whatever. So, yeah, so. man. All, it's the fun little moments. That's what I always tell people when I do a wedding. I'm like, first of all, I want to have fun because everyone's already nervous. And so let's just make it fun. Second of all, you're not going to remember anything I say. So it doesn't really, I could read a magazine for all anyone cares and no one would know. Third of all, yeah. it's just going to be a fun little moment, and it's the little intricacy, you know, the little those little tiny moments like that that make a wedding memorable. Like I hate going to weddings, and it's so rigid and strict, and everyone's like, "Wow, this marriage is not going to work because <laughs> this wedding isn't working." So those right. those human moments like that, man, yeah, yeah, because the stage was way off from the stage that we played music. I do remember running now right after I played that song. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So sorry, friends. We're just going off on tangents here. Um, I want to go back to. Times. 
I want to go back to because you and I have had a lot of conversations in the past about um, what what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Um, so, so I think there's a few different categories of people in life. First of all, I I think everyone has a dream or a passion. It's just that many people aren't sure what to do with that, and either either they're not sure what to do with it, or either. Um, they can't really summon the courage or the self permission to do something with it. But I believe deep down, it's like you talk to those people and they're like, Oh, I love baking cupcakes and I would love to bake cupcakes all the time. My question always is, well, why aren't you doing it? And then people look at you like, uh, like I could actually bake cupcakes all the time. And you're like, well, sure you can look at the baking channel or whatever that, ch that channel is on TV. That right. So there, everyone has a passion or a dream, but even inside your passion and dream, not everyone is an entrepreneur. And I think that's where people miss the boat. You can live within your passion and dream without being an entrepreneur. It's more about placement. You are an entrepreneur through and through. So for the listeners that are that type of DNA, um, what are some things that you would, you know, call it advice, call it encouragement, whatever you want. Um, I just, I love the thoughts that you share with me often. And so People need to hear some of those thoughts. What are some things you would tell someone who's like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur? For sure. Um, man, and uh, it's an honor for you, you know, calling me an actual entrepreneur, an <laughs> entrepreneur and stuff like that, too. I don't uh, I don't get that much. Um, but uh, man, there, so there's a there's a lot of things. Um, one of the first things is um, that I learned is success is not an addition. It's always a subtraction. Mm. And I live by that motto of success is not an addition. It's a subtraction. And what I mean by that is a lot of people think, well, I got to go do this. And then I got to get this done. And then I got to do this. And then I got to make this much to live on this much. Re and really, it's what you need to subtract uh, in your uh, life. Yes, um, yes. And, and, it's, and it's, okay, am I, am I playing too much video games? You know, then, then, uh, looking and, and yeah. trying to find a website build out, you know, for my, my cupcakes that I'm going to bake, you know? Um, and, and that's what I mean. It's, it's, so what I did was, um, I wrote out basically my schedule, uh, when I worked, uh, at the company. And so obviously I would from eight to five every day was time blocked off for my, my job. Um, and then my career hours was really from six until one. Um, yeah. and that's where I started buying self-study books. I started buying books like, you know, for entrepreneurs on like what type of businesses, um, and you know, what do I want to go back to school and you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, and so what I did was I was able to start subtracting the things out of my life, um, that were a deterrent to get to my next goal. Um, ah, yes. and, and so it was maybe cutting time out on the weekdays with the boys, you know, at, um, one of the bars or whatever, hanging out, uh, cutting it up. It was, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going to study this and I'm going to get better at this. Right. Um, and, uh, really, you know, I don't, uh, I'm a huge Celtics fan, so I didn't like Kobe until after he retired. <laughs> um, but I listened to a podcast that he was on the other day. And it blew my mind how big of an entrepreneur yes, he is. Yes. Um, and because he got a, a bad rap with his teammates that he would never go to dinner. He would never do any uh, extracurriculars with the teams. Um, but he was always in the gym at like five in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then he would go back before game. Like he's just, you know, an animal. Mm -hmm. And um, but he would never uh, he would never make friends with his team. And it was because he was going back to his apartment at his first year and learning how to invest his money. Yes. Um, and so he started getting savvy with that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's an entrepreneur right there thinking about that. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's one of the deals and it's, and the other thing, man, um, I will, I always love this, this discussion as people say, well, I just, I don't have enough time, mm -hmm. um, to do this. You know, I don't have enough time to do that. I just, I don't have enough time in the day. Um, there is no balance. Like people say, like, I need a balance work my, my work day with my, yeah. with my real life. It, your whole life is based around relationships, whether you like it or not. If you're an introvert, you're still going to be, ba your, your whole life is based around 
relationships. Yeah. Now, how, how you go and handle those situations is going to be dependent on your personality. But uh, my deal is there's no balance and it's all integration. You have to integrate everything that is a priority to you uh, on your schedule. Um, because there's days when I go to work, I'll go to work from eight in the morning until 11. And then if I have some personal stuff that I'm going to go take care of or go do, um, I won't work until, until six. And then I'll, I'll go home or come back to my office here and I'll work from seven until 11 when I get the paperwork done or whatever. Right. right. Um, so I, every week I'm, I'm basically integrating the neck, the next day. So, and my days always start the night before, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and so, you know, that's where it was. Uh, one of the, I, I you know, I don't even know if I, I talked to you about this, but w one of my deals was I, in the real estate world, since there is no, uh, retirement plans, right. that that's the biggest, that's the scariest thing for me getting into real estate. Yeah. Um, and probably, Nine out of 10 people that you come across in your life, people always want to say, I want to invest in real estate and they don't know how. Right. Uh, and, and again, they're thinking that they got to make all this money for 20% down or, or whatever to go buy an investment property. Um, I could show you a, a contract that I bought three houses for, 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 uh, $2,000. I bought three houses that cash flow me in the, in the black. I'm they're, wow. they're rented, everything like that. Um, I bought it for $2,000. Um, and so when people say those, those books aren't, aren't real, like <laughs> right, that's not right. how the real right. world works. It is. You just have to work really, 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 really hard to find those deals. Yeah. Um, and you're not, and, um, and so with, with that deal, um, you know, because they always they always say buy a house with no money. Right. Um, that is that's true. Like you can do that. Um, yeah. Read it and then you go and apply those stuff. And then all of a sudden you're just going to scratch your head and be like, oh, my God, I'm buying these <laughs> what homes. What just happened? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went uh, I kind of tell you the story about it. <laughs> um, you know, so long story short, this this investor uh, that I was working with, he, he just randomly calls me six months later and says, Hey, I need to sell, uh, I need to sell these homes. Yeah. And, um, and so I gave him the comps and then they, it was just, they were in bad shape. And he said, Hey, I just want cash out. Can you hold sell these for me? He doesn't live here anymore or anything like that. And I said, I'll buy them. I'll buy them for this price if you want. And he said, deal. Um, wow. and so he basically, uh, financed them for me. And that's how you don't bring any money down. That's that's right. basically the the trick to the transaction is right. if you can go find an investor to owner finance it or private finance, whatever term you want to call it. Right. Um, so basically, I worked in a, a, a deal how much I was going to pay him per month. Um, and I and the other key to that is you have to buy it below enough to be able to do a cash out refi mm, or yeah. just a refinance. Right. Um. And I was able to buy it with that amount. And what's cool is he's still one of my clients. Mm. And I, I essentially bought three houses for free, you know, right. that are now rented out. Um, I, ha yeah, I did have some issues with the tenants before that. Um, and so got them all kicked out, got them re-rented. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I loved, I love working with, uh, I call them not first time home buyers, first time investors, because mm. they're so, it's so funny when I get someone come in my office, Mitch, with like their notepad and everything, and they printed this uh, packet off that they spent $1,200 on to go through this training program. And I'm just like, oh, man, you bought into that. I'm like, okay, uh, throw all that out. Like yeah. just everything you know, throw it out. Yeah. It, it, you yeah. just got sold, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, um, and so it's like I'll give you this book that's at Barnes & Noble that helped me acquire these three properties. And it was twelve ninety nine. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, twelve hundred. And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so um and that's that's one of the greatest things too. Um is that investor, like we're still good friends and um he he knew where I needed it at and it made sense for him. So guess what? We got a deal going because it was a win for him and a win for me. Right. right. And so um you know that's 
that is also one of the keys to entrepreneurship is actually doing it. Yes. And so, you know, the, the I would say failing is is also the ingredient to success. Yes, so, yes, I I am to the point that I've pretty much eradicated the word failure from my vocabulary because it's a myth. If mm-hmm. if it, 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 number one, it holds people back. Like the fear and the failure aspect makes people go, "No, I could never do that." To me, it's like failure isn't a real thing. It's a myth because if I if I do something and it messes up, but I take that mess up and go, okay, I should have done this or I'm going to try that, then that's a success. Yeah. Like, that is not failure. And so the other idea I always try and teach people is fear is a great teacher. If we can Absolutely. learn from fear and so it's like, I want fear to be my friend. You know, people, I always tell people, I'm like, you're trying to fight a ghost when you're trying to fight fear. You will never eradicate mm-hmm. that emotion. That is a human emotion. So learn from it. And so I think you're exactly right. Failure is just this myth- mythological unicorn that we've created to keep us from actually living to full potential. And so, yeah. And kind of go down a rabbit hole on that. Um, you know, we, I was always taught in school is if you got it wrong, you got an F, which means you failed. And so we had, we have this huge, um, you know, shadow of, of being told at a young age that failure is not an option to right. success. Right. You constantly have to get it right, 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 right. Yep. You know, and then we label these kids, um, uh, I think it was called in uh, Z- at Zia where I went um, like EP like extra or yes. or star like yeah. what is it called now? Something, what is it called? Um, yeah, for I all don't the remember, smart, something like that. All, yeah, yeah. It's basically it's basically where all the smart kids got out of class and they went and did uh, GP, smart gift, kids gifted and talented gifted program whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, right. and and so it's just like. Um, you know, I remember at a young age, I'd just be like, I'll school all of them on the basketball court if they come out, like come out here, you know, or, or like whatever. Yeah. But we're uh, automatically drawing those lines of segregation and telling kids you're better than everybody else or you're worse than everybody else. And, and, and yeah, and it all, like, if you can think about the top, so my, one of my deals is, okay, I want to surround myself as well with, uh, the top five people who I want to be like, yes. um, and, and, you know, who are those top five people? Um, and you know, what was crazy is I remember some of the people who I grew up with in Clovis, who I'm still in like touch with, or, you know, I'm friends with them on Facebook. And some of those people, are still like stuck in this like toxic yes um, just mentality of the world you know is against me and stuff like that and all the kids who i grew up with also that weren't you know labeled these gifted talented um kids and then went to college and all sorts of stuff they're very successful like entrepreneurs or um they're they're running some companies and they were like the, the C students right. that, are, right. that are, and, and so then I like kind of dove in and I was like, well, why is that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because we're risk takers mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when we, when we do take our tests at a young age or whatever, and we grow up, I would, I would get an F on something and I'd be like, well, how much, Oh man. Okay. And then I asked the teacher, Hey, what do I have to get on the next test to get a A in this class? Yeah. You know, and yeah. then I'd be like, just scheming, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get a ninety-four <laughs> on the next test, so I gotta cram, I gotta cram, right, you know? right. And uh, and so, I mean, I, I was a BC student yeah. uh, in high school. I did not, I, school wasn't for me. I don't know how I graduated with a degree in college. Um, I still have nightmares that I've left uh, papers, <laughs> like to this day. Right, like I'll wake right. up in extreme anxiety, but. You know, it's just interesting with the personalities and uh, the where some people are at and stuff like that in this road. That's why some people tell me they're not smart enough to do something. And I'm just like, yes, try and you're going to do better than 90 percent of the people who are smarter than you because I hire smart people. You hire smart people. Right. Like the girls who work for me, they they're 10 times smarter yeah. than me. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I and what's crazy is that you mentioned that because I hear people say that a lot. I could never do that, or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not good enough. And you know what my rebuttal has become? Who told you that? Yeah. Like someone had to tell you that for you to believe it. What's crazy is the majority of the time it relates back to childhood. Someone in their childhood, a coach, a teacher, a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, or an uncle, told them at a young age, you're not good enough. You'll never achieve that. You'll never be able to do it. You're not pretty enough. You're not strong enough. And as young, what's crazy is you can look up psychological studies, and there are so many adults that are walking around stuck in third grade. And the reason they're stuck there mentally and psychologically is because someone at that moment labeled them. And not only that, it's not just the negative aspect. It is the gifted and talented kids that oftentimes get things handed to them. And I have to admit, I was that kid. I was the kid that did so well that oftentimes I didn't have to earn things. And guess what that did to me when I hit 25, 30 years old? It jacked me up because I walked out into into the world and all of a sudden realized you have to work for stuff. You have to make it happen. And so it's both sides of the coin. You know, you look at some of the people in the world. uh, I could name some very public names right now. People would know who I'm talking about. But we have examples of people in the world now that everything their whole life has been given to them. And so guess what their approach to the world is? That everyone's there to serve them. And then all of a sudden they start getting backlash and it's like they're literally stuck in third or fourth grade with what they learned. And so I, I was always sensitive to that as a parent. I was like, look, I want my kids to be talented. I want them to be smart, but I also want them to know, A, they can achieve anything they set their mind to, and B, to do that, they're going to have to work really, really hard. And fortunately, our kids are at the age that that's coming into play, and they're learning that, and they're very successful. Um, But it is a weird thing how we reflect back on our childhood. I told someone one time on a podcast, I said, the hardest thing for me was at 30 years old waking up and going, man, I was really screwed up. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you're having to rewire everything. Um, Dude, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, one of my biggest motivations um, is because of two people growing up uh, in my childhood. And one of them was a coach. And um, you know, I bet some of the people who uh, are going to listen to this n- will know exactly what happened. We, we won't name um, names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, the, the coach told me when everyone was trying out, um, he said, he goes, how do you pronounce your last name? And I told him, he goes, okay, I'll remember that. And he goes, um, and he told me, he said, uh, go get, go get those, uh, jerseys. You're, you're on the team. And so I was like, <laughs> like, yes, you know, like made it. And, um, and so he writes my name down and everything. And he, uh, he asked my number and stuff like that. So I gave it to him. I go home and I tell my parents and I was like, Hey, uh, I made the team. Well, he's going to announce it tomorrow. And I started naming off all my friends who made it as well that he, he held on the roster. And, um, so like me and my friends are calling each other and, uh, excited. The next day he starts calling out the kids in the morning, doesn't call my name. Oh, no. And so I was like, and I just went and got the new Jordans. Uh, oh, no. Parents the Jordans and everything. They're blue and white. I still have them in my closet, actually. Like, I still have yeah, them. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, I was, I was like distraught. Yeah. And all my friends were like, you didn't, how are you not I'm like, no, that's a mistake, you know? And then parents were calling my parents and they were like, what happened? Yeah. And, um, and so my dad was just like, Hey, you know, whatever, whatever the reason, we're not going to go complain about it. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get you on an AAU team, uh, like immediately. Um, and then, you know, I, the coach, he called, he, he called my parents and said that, uh, he made a mistake and he thought he named my name. Um, and he would want me on the team. And I felt like me and my dad also felt like he was just trying to save face. Um, cause you don't, you don't tell a kid that and then right. decide not to them. And so it took a long time to trust yeah. people yes. when they, when they tell me something, I'm always like, mm-hmm, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. And that's right. just, you know, that from that's that the one why. incident. Yes. It's incident. amazing. Yes. Incident. Yeah. You know, and then, um, two years later, um, I had this, uh, 
this English teacher pulled me aside and she, she told me, cause I mean, my deal is I have a personality and you can't keep me quiet. Oh, and I was just like making jokes after jokes, um, every day. And it was just making her so mad. Yeah. And uh, she pulled me after class and she said, Hey, I just want to tell you something. Uh, the way you are and the way you act, uh, you're not going to do anything in this life. Mm-hmm. And she goes until, unless if you change your act. And I was just like, what do you mean? She, and she told me, she goes, you're going to be homeless if you don't change your act. Oh, and so I was just like, what? And, um, and, and really, uh, one of my deals was I, in the real estate world, I Googled an average salary of uh what a school teacher makes and i said i want to make that in one month yeah. i want to go find her and i just want to be like hey <laughs> do you Here, remember me here's my homeless like, here's my homeless status <laughs> yeah and um you know and it's just like do you remember me you know yeah. and that because i remember you yeah. like i remember what she wore that day when she told right. me that right. like everything like right. that and so i use i use a lot of that as motivation um yeah. you know to set big goals and stuff like that and so it, it's a blessing, but it's also a curse. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, that, that, that's one thing I, I try and talk about often just to reiterate the words that we use with each other and with ourselves mm-hmm. are, they literally speak. There's this spiritual teaching that says words either give life or death. And that's very true. And, and oftentimes we remember that with each other, but we forget that with ourselves and we, we internally beat ourselves up. And, and that's one thing I try and put into this message all the time is the words you use and the way you use them will either speak life or death over someone. And so it's great that guys like you and me can take those incidences and there's millions of other people that have done it and we can turn it into motivation for positivity. The downside is, we also have our brothers and sisters out there who are in depression or considering yeah. taking their life or whatever. And, and oftentimes it's stemmed from, you know, I deal a lot with, um, with kids that are going through different things, or maybe, maybe a kid is homosexual or whatever. And people forget that, that those young people and even adults are going through these inner struggles. And the last thing they need is someone t- telling them that if they don't get their act together, they're going to be homeless, you know? Um, it's amazing what positivity does and it's simultaneously amazing how often we forget the power of positivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of touching on the depression and, you know, anxiety and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, you, with all the technology and the information and all that stuff coming out now, like we're seeing, you know, the, the, the mental health game really just take off yes. with everything we're able to do now. Yeah. Um, and I always tell people like, man, everyone, everyone to some sort, if they're breathing on this earth, they have depression. Yes. Uh, yes. Now it, their lows are going to be different than other people's lows and their highs are going to be higher than other people's highs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have one friend who lost a parent. And the next day he grieved and the next day he was totally fine and said, man, I'm, I'm just blessed that he's my father. And, you know, he taught me so many life lessons and and I'm going to pass this on to my kids. And he was, and I was just like, (laughs) everyone, and I'm not kidding you. Everyone got in a group text and we're like, Hey, is, is he okay? Like he's not taking this. This is too fast. This is too fast. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, you know what I mean? And so there, there's people wired like that, but yeah. I don't like when the people think, you know, that, um, other people don't go through depression and stuff like right. that because, and I always tell people like, you know, don't, don't judge your insides on those other people's outsides. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because we don't know what they're battling with on a day to day basis or, you know, what happened in the, in previously in their life and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I just don't like when people say, well, you got depression. And it's like, well, we all have depression to an extent. Yeah. Um, because I tell you what, when I have transactions fall through and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that's my livelihood, guess what? I'm going to be a little depressed that for whatever right. reason it's through. Right. Um, but, 
yeah. So yeah, and anxiety, there's, you know. there's just a compassion and a sensitivity that, that, that we should all hopefully live with that says, I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to accept you. And I want to be here to help you wherever you're at. If you're in a joyous moment, awesome. If you're in a bad moment, let me help you, you know, and, um, but Hey, that's what we're all striving for, right? That's, that's why guys like you and I do what we do so we can start evolving into more of that. So yeah, I love it, man. Um, we have to make a confession to our listeners and our viewers. And that confession is that Andy and I are both, um, diehard Patriots fans. And I know, I know, right, I know some of our listeners and viewers are not that, you know, <laughs> we, we may actually lose listenership on that confession, but please, yeah, they just turned it off. Be, be, be compassionate and accepting of us. Um, if you view being a Patriots fan as a failure in life, just remember we still accept you, and we hope that you Steeler fans will still accept us as well. As well. Yeah. But, yeah, man, yeah. I'm pumped. The game is this weekend. Ah. Dude, I tell you what. So uh, when we went to the AFC Championship game a couple years ago, um, we made it up to Boston, and it was the year that – Brady got suspended because the referee didn't know what gauges he used. And the NFL didn't realize that there is actually a law of when air pressure will go down when it's colder. Right. Um, and so beyond that point, <laughs> I never wanted to win something that I wasn't a part of more than that. Yeah. I, I literally, when we made it to the AFC Championship game, uh, we beat, uh, we came back by two scores against Jacksonville. Right. And, um, I looked at in hell and I said, we're, we're going yeah. next week. We're going to Boston. Yeah. And, um, we went and, um, and this is the craziest part about real estate. If the relationships that you make, um, kind of go back on that part. Uh, I was letting all my clients know, who I had under contract. Hey, I'm going out of town. I'm going to Boston for wow. this deal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, so I was letting all my clients know. And I said, hey, my admin at, at the time, I said, hey, she's going to take care of you for anything you need. Or you can text me as well. I had a lady. Um, I won't say her name. Um, but she says, you're going to Boston? And I said, yeah, I'm going to go watch the Celtics game. On Saturday, uh, they're going to play Toronto, and then I'm going to go watch the uh, Patriots on Sunday. And um, she goes, well, I guess I can tell you who I am now. Because previously, she she wouldn't give me her name. She just used an LLC. And I kept telling her, like, man, you look so familiar. Like, you just look so familiar. And I couldn't pin it. Um, now, I've represented a girl who uh, worked off – or she was a contestant on Survivor. She got second place. Um, so like I've dealt with high profile people here in Lubbock. So I know that they want their privacy kept purchasing a home and whatnot. And, um, well, she tells me who her name is and her husband is a famous Celtic NBA all-star champion. And I was just like, what? (laughs) And I was like, out of all the people in the world, you're moving here to Lubbock. Like this is insane. And she, she says, Hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to get you courtside seats. I'm going to get you tickets. I'm going to call Danny Ainge right now. And she gets out her phone. I was like, that's Danny Ames' phone number right there. And um, calls him up and, sh- and he said, hey, of course, for your friends, we got the tickets here. Wow. So we we fly, we get our little passes. And <laughs> I asked the security guy and I said, and I knew his name because he's famous because he's been at the TD Garden for 25 years. Oh, wow. And I was like, I said, hey, Ross, and I don't, I've never met him before, but I know him, you know. And I was like, what can I do with these passes? It says media pass. And he was like, what do you mean? You ain't media? And I was like, no, I'm not media. He goes, how'd you get those? I said, uh, Donna John. Oops. <laughs> Whoops. Beep that out. Beep that out. <laughs> Edit that out. And he goes, oh, he goes, you're her friend. And he's like, you come with me. He goes, you get all access. Wow. Walker media food wow. and so we sat courtside dude and That's it was awesome. the craziest thing and then we went to the patriots game and i told angelica i said i said this is the best moment of my life right now like this trip i can't ever get better and she was like even over our wedding and i was like <laughs> even over our wedding i'm gonna admit it and she goes 
I agree. Because, <laughs> like, she's a huge Patriots fan, right, too, and right. stuff like that. And, That's man, awesome. it was awesome seeing him just get the revenge tour. So I'm pumped for this Sunday, dude. I'm in Lubbock, Texas. I'm in the the Pat Mahomes yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. got I got every day I got people putting Pat Mahomes and KC stuff on my window. Right. Um right. but you know what's gonna happen on Monday? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do just what I did when we won the when we won the championship. I'm gonna wear my Patriot jersey, I'm gonna bring my twenty by twenty five flag, and I'm gonna walk again to everyone's office. And just say hello, because I did that at the Super Bowl with the Atlanta. It came back. Yeah, I went viral on Reddit and Facebook. I don't awesome. know if you remember that, but uh, they took a picture of it, and everyone there was over like twenty five thousand likes and shares and stuff like that. Because I was just trolling everyone in the office. That is awesome. To the, to the point where they were locking their doors and texting me saying, "Seriously, if you don't stop, I'm gonna get upset." And I was just like, "I don't care. I don't care." <laughs> Like, so, like, you're pestering me the whole week. And I had 27 text message you when it was 28 to 3. Where are you at now? You know? Yeah. So, that is awesome, bro. That is. And and, uh, that's why people don't like Patriot fans, too, dude, is because we, (laughs) like, we can't get any better. Like, eight times in a row to the AFC championship, I, I was messing with people on Facebook so much about this Patriot stuff. I said, Oh, great. I said, the Chiefs get to play in the AFC, quote unquote, can you beat the Patriots championship weekend? <laughs> like, we've been there so many times. And it's just like, and people are like, well, what, what happens if you lose? I'm like, we'll be there next year. Yeah. It was so funny. The other day I heard a stat, and if you do the math, it works, that the last time the Patriots were not in the AFC championship game, Pat Mahomes didn't even have a driver's license. <laughs> Like, think about that for a second. And I got to be honest, man. I, I love watching that dude play. We went to Tech a few times and watched him play when he was there. He he is just an exciting player, man. And so I told you earlier in the year, and now that we've probably lost half of our viewership, um, I, t- yeah. I told you earlier in the year that the one team I didn't want to face was and, – and the only reason is that dude – talk about fearless. We were talking earlier about having no fear – that's what I love about watching Pat Mahomes play, man. He's just like, you know what? If I don't try it, it'll never work. So I got to try it. And it, he, he is the epitome of what Michael Jordan said years ago. I miss 100% of the shots I never take. Mm-hmm. And to me, yeah. that's what Pat Mahomes brings to the quarterback. Yeah. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be great fun. Uh, my son, Micah's team plays. Uh, he's a Saints fan. And so – it's uh it's it's a pretty fun day um for for the great family. Really yeah. Cool. That's going to be a good game too. So Yeah, hey, man. Um um yeah, for those that are still listening or uh watching us live even, tell us I didn't I didn't mention earlier. Tell us where people can find you on social media since you're mentioning Facebook. Man, so uh my my real estate group is called uh, Next Level and uh so you can go to lubbocknextlevel.com. Um, or, and our social media is linked on there as well. So you can see the Facebook. Don't follow me on Twitter if you don't like the Patriots. Um, because <laughs> that's all I use Twitter for is all my Boston sports. So, and, uh, and so, and I get to be that huge Boston fanatic because I was born in New Hampshire. My awesome. grandpa pitched for the Red Sox. Awesome. And so I always tell people like, Hey, if you want the smoke, then come at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't got to justify so, it here, my brother. So, you don't got to justify it so, here. So, anyways, you know, there's that. Um, but Instagram and um, and Facebook, uh, I really like to keep it personal. I do have a, a Facebook page, uh, Next Level Group at Lubbock. Um, but man, just add me on a personal friend, you know, and uh, that's so. What, that's so what how is your I like Instagram? What is people. your Instagram handle? It's just NLG underscore Homes. Okay, NLG. So next level group underscore homes and LG homes. So, um, and, uh, you know, we, one of my deals too, is, uh, we we're huge in the social media. That's where I think it's going. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm crazy in the social media stuff. I actually have those, uh, Snapchat glasses and, uh, you can follow me on Snapchat too. Just look up Andy Maz. Um, uh, man, when we do tours of, uh, new listings coming up, I pop those glasses on, hit the play button and you get to see uh, the house through that and stuff. And man, we've actually sold some homes oh, doing cool, it. Cool, cool. Some floors and stuff. It's pretty cool. So nice. follow us on all the social media. 
Okay, so on Snapchat, you can see some uh, cool virtual stuff. Andy Maz, uh, make sure if you're on Snapchat, add him there. On Instagram, make sure you go to NLG. That stands for Next Level Group underscore Homes, H-O-M-E-S. Um, a few things, man, that you said that I really, really like that I want to reiterate with our with our our people listening out there. Um, you made a statement earlier that you kind of just skipped through, and that was it's all integration. I love that because one message that we talk about a lot is you can't look at life segregated. You can't look at life as finding balance. Life as a whole. And when you start trying to piece it apart, that's when the that's when the frustration sets in. And so I love that statement. It's all integration. And then I want to leave uh finish up today with asking our listeners and viewers a question and that is who are your top 5? So earlier Andy was talking about Find your top five people in the world that if you could be like anyone, find those top five people and then follow them. Ask them questions. That's the other miracle of social media. I have used social media to contact people and have discussions with people that I never would have been able to before, whether it's because of their you know level of fame or whatever it is. Um, and so find your top five people and think about, try and figure out how they're living, how they're making things work and learn from them. I want to ask you one last question, Andy, because I know you're a lover of books. Give me your top three books that you would recommend to everyone today. Man. Um, so for me, since it's in the sales, I'm looking at my books right now. Um, I'm going to grab one and it's my favorite. It's my favorite book. So this book is what taught me um, how to hire and uh, hire ISAs and virtual assistants. So, I mean, I have three of them working for me that are, do high level job. They have degrees and uh, you want to guess how much I pay uh, one of the virtual assistants. Just take a guess per hour. Uh, per hour. Let's go dollar fifty. Two bucks. Two bucks. Two dollars yeah. an hour. I cheated because I've studied that as well. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I pay her two dollars and she is also in charge of the other ISAs yeah. um, and the virtual assistants. And so I learned it through this book. So that's the um, four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. By the way, follow Tim yep. Ferriss on social media as well. Cool. Yeah, it, it's a great book. Um, the other one is fanatical prospecting. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here to Lubbock, I didn't know anyone and, uh, I was fortunate enough to make it in the top 20%. And it was all due to prospecting, cold calling, circle prospecting, all that stuff. So, um, uh, fanatical prospecting by Jeb Blunt. Okay. Um, so that's my other book. And then, uh, you want three more? Yep. One more. One more. Uh, so I'm going to, and then I'm going to give you a bonus. Uh, the one thing book. Ah, um, yes. so that was actually, yes. So, yes. The, so the one thing is actually written by a guy who works for Keller Williams International. So, um, Jay Papazian, I, I actually was fortunate enough to be able to get to know him personally, him and his wife and uh, have dinner with them because they have a team out in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Uh, so Jay and Wendy Papazian, um, you guys are legit. And then the other one is called Grit. Um, Grit is great. That one is by uh, Angela. I want to say uh, I just saw the front. Uh, Angela Duckworth. Okay. So Grit is a really good book as well. Okay, so, so the Four Hour Work Week. The what was the prospecting prospecting book called? Uh, fanatical prospecting. Fanatical prospecting. So if, if yep. yep, if you're in sales, I say read that. It doesn't matter what uh, industry. It will teach you that no matter what industry you're in in the sales. It's all the same. The only thing different is the product you're selling. Yep. Uh, and then the one and then thing. The one thing, um, which is also written with Gary Keller. Um, yep. That is a that is a life changing book. It doesn't matter who you are or what you work in. The one thing that is a recommended book, in my opinion, to every single human being walking the earth. Um, you know, and the, and the hit and the hit on that before uh, we go, I just wanted to say on that book, it teaches you that not necessarily. Um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Talent. So yeah. necessarily talent isn't going to trump, uh, oh, they talk about, um, systems. Yes. So, you know, tools and systems is always going to trump talent. Yes. So if you have the tools or systems in place, you're going to only, your talent's only going to bring you so far. Yeah. And that's what really taught me, uh, from that book. Yeah, totally, totally. 
All right, brothers and sisters, thanks for listening to the Mitch Gray Show. We're going to finish up here with Andy. Please follow him on Instagram, NLG, that's Next Level Group underscore homes. Uh, If you're on Snapchat, make sure you friend him on Snapchat, Andy Maz, M-A-Z-Z. Go check out those book recommendations that he just gave us. And uh, I want to apologize if you're not a Patriots fan. We took about 10 minutes and went off on our our Patriots fandom, and and we don't care. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, so thank you brothers and sisters for listening to the Mitch Gray show or watching please make sure you follow us on social media M Gray Media subscribe to the show wherever you uh, listen to podcasts also follow us on our YouTube channel that's uh, Mitch Gray G-R-A-Y and may your day be filled with much success and remember as Andy told us success is not an addition it is subtraction so make sure um, you're putting your life in the right perspective and you're loving yourself and loving those around you. Have a great day, brothers and sisters, and we will talk to you soon. Andy, if you'll hang on the line, I will chat with you. All right, dude. Peace out.